what's happened in the NBA since our last podcast, Dan? We saw your your pick, the Miami Heat, lose to the San Antonio Spurs in five. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, nice work tipping them, putting the, putting the stick curse on the Miami yeah. Heat. Brilliant I, I did say at the time, either I'll get a prediction right or, <laughs> yeah, interestingly, or the Heat I mean, will lose. The reality is uh, Chris Bosch three away from being completely swept and the... Uh, the point differential is the highest that there's ever been in an NBA final series. So it was pretty resounding and that, convincing and loss. That's amazing considering yeah. that they weren't swept. Yeah, well, so that's... Um, so, yeah, congratulations mm. to Paddy Mills, Aaron Baines, yeah. and the San Antonio Spurs. Although, Julian DeStoop might not know who you are, Paddy, but you certainly had an... You, mm. Paddy actually had a great final series. He, uh, I think in particular his game... Game five, five he was, yeah. Red, yeah. Game five, he, he actually... Shot the lights out towards yeah, the end of it. Hit five threes in the third quarter yeah. and really burst the game wide open. Um, yeah. But the I guess the, the interesting part about it was the spillover effects. Uh, LeBron James deciding, I don't like it in Miami too yeah. much anymore. I'm heading home to Cleveland. And well, I heard it. Uh, there were, uh, on the, um, the ABC Offsiders program... So one of the yeah one of the panelists um, brought it up and so said yep he's written this essay quote yeah. unquote you know a three page thing in the magazine he said all this stuff he's talked about it being his home and everything like that and one of the other commentators interrupted and said yeah well I got about five sentences into that essay and I had to reach for a bucket to be yeah. physically ill. <laughs> well, he's painted himself into a corner with that essay. He basically can't, even though he's only signed a two-year contract, he really can't walk out on him now. But yeah. the, it's the just the sort of grandstanding bullshit yeah. we've come to well, expect the, the, in basketball, isn't it? Well, the spillover effects are still... There's still pretty significant ripples as a consequence of that as well, is, is that not only has he gone home, but now it looks like... Uh, Kevin Love from from the Minnesota Timberwolves is going to be traded to the Cleveland Cavaliers. It seems at this stage for a future first round pick and Cleveland's last two picks, which both happen to be number ones in mm. uh, Andrew Wiggins and um, and Anthony Bennett. So a very interesting. I make an interesting comparison here. I mean, and to me, it shows just how little any sort of loyalty and commitment to the club means to these people. Can you imagine right now if Lance Franklin played the next five years with Sydney, perhaps won a premiership or two there, and then announced that he was coming back to Hawthorne? You know what my response would be? Fuck off. We don't want you back. You had your chance here with us once, and you decided you wanted to leave. You can't well, then suddenly turn around and I think decide you've got you to, want back in. You've got to you've got to do it a slightly different way. You've got to have Lance Franklin going on national TV and telling everybody, "Fuck off, yeah. and I'm off to Sydney." Yeah. Um, <laughs> to, to put it into perspective, yeah. that's so the, I do find it a yeah. bit bewildering oh, well. to see the the groundswell of um, support I mean, the thing, the thing that I, I guess, yeah, the thing that I find frustrating is, to be perfectly honest, the Kevin Love trade actually, if it does happen, can't happen for a little while yet. I actually think that Cleveland are better off sticking with two kids mm. longer term, yeah. medium term and longer term. There might be a little bit of short term pain for a year or so, but mm. it's actually in their best interest. It's certainly in LeBron James's best interests for Cleveland to keep Andrew Wiggins because mm. Wiggins will be the number one defender yeah. on on their team. And without him there, LeBron will have to be the number one facilitator and the team's number one defender. So mm. he's actually going to be in the exact Jack same... Jack <laughs> Well, he's actually going to find himself pretty much in the exact same situation he just left. 
So there's a, I guess there's a little bit of a lack of foresight on their behalf. Mm. And but well, yeah, I, I've just find it really quite, quite surprising how quick the entire Cleveland community seems to be um, to forgive him. Yeah. For, for for walking out on them a few years ago. Yeah. Um, that's... You know, if, as far as I'm concerned, he, well. As I say, if, if Lance Franklin did do that, if he did come back to Hawthorne, well, number one, I'm probably, yeah, hard-headed enough that I wouldn't want him back. But number two, if he did come back, he would need to win a premiership with us before I would say all's forgiven. Yeah. Well, that's right. And I mean, what the reality is, is LeBron's 30. He's, he's probably got a couple of years at his prime left, two, mm. maybe three years. The high school kids seem to have um, miles go on their odometers a lot quicker, and he's the last four years in Miami. He certainly put a lot of miles on his odometer, and I'm not sure that he's. You know, everybody talks about how you know he could theoretically extend his to late thirties. I don't see it. Most of the high school kids, Kobe Bryant mm. accepted, even even Kobe showing signs of it, are generally out of, out of are done by the yeah. time they're like 34, 35. And I mean, for someone like him who's been there and done it all why would you want to continue raging against the the dying of the light like that yeah you've got, you've got nothing to gain from it really mm. yeah so um it's yeah. not like he's sort of you know borderline running out of money in, yeah. in his retirement years he needs no. to play that one extra season <laughs> yeah no so i mean well, it's very interesting there's I mean, that's that's obviously the, the big thing that's that's happened this off-season. So Cleveland, funnily enough, Cleveland's odds went in from about 200 to 1 to about 3 to 1 to win the, premier, uh, to premier, to win the NBA championship. So just can you just on the back those numbers again? I can't remember the exact figure, but it was, it, was, it was certainly triple digits down to 3 to 1. 3 to 1? Yeah, to All win right, the well, championship. Let me give you some advice, punters in the US right now. You look at the teams in the second, third, fourth, and fifth line of betting, and you just stack your money up on all of them, basically banking on Cleveland not to win it. And how a team can be paying three to one odds at this stage, that yeah. just suggests that every single other contender right now would be dramatically overpriced. And it's you you make a incredibly valid point there because the if the live trade goes through, even without the live trade going through, my biggest question about Cleveland is who's going to protect the rim. Mm. So I think that you know they're going to have to essentially outscore teams, and I don't, I don't see that. I think that they, yeah, I don't see it happening. So yeah. I, I mean the pro, the the thing that works to their advantage is is that there's a huge disparity between the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference at the mm. moment. Is that you can be an average team. You know, Cleveland will probably be the one or the two seed if LeBron stays healthy all year mm. in the East. They might only be the five or the six seed out West. But how many teams are there in the NBA? There's 32 there? teams in the NBA, 16 <laughs> The in idea that a te- any team right now, they could have yeah. Michael Jordan in his prime right now and a team should still not be paying three to one odds mm. for um yeah for the championship yeah. title Well, there you right go. But, that, yeah, but anyway, yeah, well, that's right. I mean... It only takes LeBron to get injured, and uh, that just... Well, even, even if he doesn't, though, 3-1 yeah. to one right now. Yeah. I mean, Sydney, having won 12 games in a row up until last week, were probably yeah. at about 3-1 to one odds for the Premier Yeah, look, the difference is that if you... I guess to for you to understand um, is that whilst there's 32 teams in the league, there's probably, at this stage, realistically, only about seven or eight who are legitimate mm. title contenders... 
Um, wow. There's a, you know, the the thing that we always say about the AFL is the worst thing you can be is mediocre. Mm. The, the the NBA's well and truly got that. The, the huge yeah, disparity between um, yeah, yeah the the, the yeah. huge disparity is, is that there's a lot of teams that are just not very good mm. um, who are who are well and truly in a rebuilding phase. Yeah. Um, you know, you see one or two do that in the AFL and the NBA at any point in time. There's probably between six and eight. Yeah, who are so in a bit a like the baseball then. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So it's the the disparity is so huge that you do that and particularly out east most of those teams seem to be out east <laughs> so um there's something in in that <laughs> yeah i mean that's it, it just makes it geofencing or something just just makes it easier i mean look that's the thing miami made the nba finals this year but they wouldn't have got out of the west if they were on the west the western side the wild wild west yeah <laughs> Um, so that's yeah. So I mean, look, it, it'll be interesting to see how how that all works out. But um, no, not for me, it won't be. To be well, honest, but <laughs> yeah, for me it will be. I I, I pay I'll, particular attention to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And because I've and got, I've got, because uh, I've got a fantasy league. Too. Yeah. Plus, you're going for the three. You'll be going for the three. Going for the three. Thing, Spe- yeah. Speaking of threes <laughs> for this upcoming season, <laughs> yes, could be your third in a row. The one thing I I will know this is perhaps the one of the rare occasions in which I can yeah, provide a bit of um, <laughs> uh, material for this is that I've, I've heard not only have the Jazz signed one young Aussie, but they've also got another one who's currently training, training with them That's true. as well. That's true, yes, yes. Yeah, basketball Good knowledge work. from Action Jackson. Do you, do you know the names of Boom. Um, oh, it's a really yeah. weird name. Is well, it like EU yeah. or something yeah. like that? Uh, well, Dante Exum was yeah, the, Exum, the, number, right. yeah. the number five pick. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And the other guy's got a bit of a yeah, um, name as well. Yeah, I, I don't know if he'll oh, make. Bro. I don't know if he'll actually make the team. But oh, okay. we also had um, Cameron Bearstow drafted by the Chicago Bulls in the second round. And so CB is going to CB. I like yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> and he's uh, he's actually signed a deal, so uh, he that means he'll be playing. In. So we're adding another uh, at least another two to our uh, to our NBA stocks. So our, I think our world championship uh, the world championship team. For the Although coming up, in, Patty won't be there. No, yeah, well, that's right. Coming up in the basketball this year, I think mm. we've got uh, we've got seven guys who are playing in the NBA. So pretty exciting from that perspective. We're, and there's a few to put things in perspective. That's probably more than we had uh, Australian soccer players playing in the English Premier League. Yeah. <laughs> at the recent uh, World but Cup. <laughs> also, also to put it more into perspective, over the next two years, we've got arguably the two best guys going going from high school into college in Ben Simmons and Thon Maker, who are both Thon Maker. He's T-H-O-N. T-H-O-N. sure they didn't want to name him Thor and they just no. extended well, that R out um, a bit too long? Sudanese born who's been living, who moved to Australia when he was very young, who's currently mm. playing in America. Who just had a ben taste Simmons, of everything. Well, Ben Simmons is Australian born. Uh, Thon Maker. Simo. Simo. Yeah. We've already locked that Believed to be... <laughs> There's a lot of conjecture that he'll be the number one pick next year at this stage, My should he choose goodness. to nominate. And uh, he's a... Why wouldn't he choose to? Well, um, yeah, he probably... That's exactly right. Okay. Yeah. Um, Sorry, I'm, I'm yeah. just, as I say, yeah. general uh, knowledge with basketball yeah. isn't but, uh, too fast. That's exactly right. Mm. Um, is that the belief is that he's a 6'9". Combo guard slash small forward, which are very useful. Small forward, and he's yeah. six foot nine. Yeah. Well, <laughs> they, they're uh, they're very useful in today's NBA. That type of player. So, 
And Thon Maker is, uh, from memory, he's a seven-one centre, and so, so he's a mid-size. <laughs> yeah. So he's. Uh, so we've got. Yeah. Well, the the theory is, is that I mean, Canada have got a lot of guys who have come through. Uh, the two guys we mentioned earlier, Anthony Bennett and um, Andrew Wiggins, are both Canadian boys. Mm. Uh, they've had a few guys coming through, but we we've got some exciting prospects coming through mm, um, this year as well, and this year and in the upcoming years. So yeah. It's probably worth just keeping a subtle eye on the NBA to see I how the Aussies are going. From the sounds of things, I heard um, Sudanese-born, six foot nine. Um, so I'd say if he wanted to sign up for any number of well, AFL clubs tomorrow, he probably would. He might just need to sort of show he could get both feet off the ground in a running yeah. jump, and I reckon a lot of them would sign him up based on yeah. that alone. <laughs> no, they'll both make millions. Over their careers, I yeah. think, so no unlike, chance of that. Unlike a lot of the millionaires in the AFL, they'll be earning it. <laughs> yeah. So. They'll be worth it. Yeah, so exciting times when it comes to the NBA. Um, um, for me, it's just excitement that I knew something about it this time. There you go. I did it. I'm a hero. You know, there's been a lot of discussion in the media this week with regards to the whole Tyrone Vickery hitting Dean Cox thing. I guess I'll, I'll keen to get your thoughts on it, but before I do that, I, I actually want to call somebody out for one of perhaps the most hypocritical and ridiculous statements I've ever heard. One Mr. Dermot Brereton. Gee, what a surprise. Yeah. Jeez, I wouldn't have expected hip- hypocrisy and idiocy to come yeah. from him. <laughs> what are the odds? Yeah. I was going to read you a quote from, from Dermot Brereton, taking umbrage, I guess, at... Make the, sure you do it in his, uh, yeah. in his delivery style. Well, I mean, I'm, I'll, I'll make sure I <laughs> pat out a 20-word thing to yeah. 200 if that helps That's as right. well. But taking umbrage at the two Eagles supporters who were sitting behind the bench who yeah. had the gall and audacity to challenge Tyrone Vickery for king hitting somebody on the field. Yeah. Let me, I guess, first and foremost, if... Um, Somebody can't walked up to you, Dad, and King hit you from behind. Mm. They'd be lucky if they only got a mouthful from me. And and more importantly, if if my head then if I fell backwards and my head hit the ground, I think no. after recent changes to legislation, they'd yeah. be up for a one punch kill. Yeah. Um, arrest. Well, that's right. There's a West Coast Eagles mm. player at the moment currently in jail, serving a yeah. sentence for doing something very similar. Yeah. But, um. Anyway, so Dermot yeah. Brereton, the man who stomped on a guy's head on the football field, who several king hits behind the play, Tony Free in particular, I would love to have a word or two and to him about that. Not only did he and, do it, but he relished and, doing yeah, it. Yeah, not only, and I also remember him deciding that he was going to run through um, the entire Essendon team huddle at quarter time one time. So yeah. keep all of these things in mind as I read you this particular statement from Dermot Brereton. If I'd have been Tyrone Vickery and I'd have run to the bench and a bloke went over like that, I'd have grabbed him by the beard and dragged him onto the ground. You can't let people be vigilantes and take the law into their own hands. Well, Dermot, if you're grabbing the guy and Dermot, throwing him frankly, onto... if you were doing something like that in your playing days, then you wouldn't have been out there in the first place. Yeah. Because you would have been either arrested... Or suspended. Well, uh, let me just make the point that I would think that grabbing somebody by the beard and dragging them onto the ground would be being a vigilante and taking the law into their own hands. Mm. That's just me, but, uh, you know, I'm, 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 I don't know, am I as smart as Dermot Brereton? Yeah. Well, 
you know. So what you're saying is that it's it's morally bankrupt for someone to come up and remonstrate with a player who's just you know cold clocked someone in the mouth, but it's m- more than appropriate then for the player to retaliate by by dragging these patrons um, over the top of the bench and um, yeah. yeah physically assaulting. Yeah, them. I'm not sure the courts of Australia would view that quite the same way as Dermot does. Yeah, I mean, yeah. in terms of there should always be that um, degree of separation between fans and players, which is pretty much ever since the Monica Sellis incident. Yeah. I think that is a must. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, for him to then, in I'm typical a- Dermy style, say that he'd be well within his rights as a player yeah. to, um, yeah, and I to mean, give them what for. Anyone who's actually <laughs> ever sat behind the bench at, uh, at Subiaco Oval or mm. Patterson Stadium, as it is now known, knows that to actually get down to that player anyway, you'd have to be walking across a good two to three metres of concrete. Mm. And I guarantee you security would be on you pretty yeah. quick smart. And I think the other thing is you'd probably witness incidents like that probably a couple of times every round. Thank you. The, that's... the main difference here is that, number one, Vickery had obviously done a major boo-boo right beforehand. And number two, Vickery actually engaged with them and um, retorted. Yeah. So I'd say, as a player, surely the onus is also partially on you to just completely ignore mm. that sort of, you know, comments and abuse from the crowd. Yeah. But, um, yeah, anyway, well, Doom's Dern, always had a beanie's bonnet with regards to the Eagles ever since John Worsfold filled him in over here. So, um, you know, as, as any smart West Coast Eagles supporter would do, on mm. one hand is acknowledge that the guy's a complete and utter fucktard on one point and then completely ignore well, the relevance of anything that he particularly has to say on the other with regards to us. Oh, it's a vintage term, comment. Yeah. You know, if you were to sort of go back over his last few months of commentary, I'm sure you could find any number of instances where he's completely um, contradicted himself with stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, we were talking just before about the... um, well, I don't even want to call it standards of commentary. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, throughout the AFL at the moment. He, in particular, is a prime example of that. And he he's just gotten so much worse this year, too. Yeah. Uh, I never used to talk about him as one of the, you know, absolute worst commentators. But this season, yeah, yeah. He's, well, he's dropped his standards to an all-time well, low. I had the unfortunate... Mishap, I guess, is the best way to phrase it, of catching 15 minutes of the total and utter garbage that is Dermot Ed's week in football, where he took a shot at those Eagles fans once again. But the thing that I I found, I guess, insulting was in the, in the next breath, him and Eddie were proud of the fact that they'd whacked an Eagles um, fan through the fence at... At yeah, CBAC Live at one time, so I don't know. It's, it seems with Doom, it's all, it's all, it's all good and well to thug someone, but don't say a, don't say a bad word about him. Well, Doom, yeah. and more importantly, Doom, do you not realise that these are actually human beings who are attending the game? Yeah. I mean, do you honestly think when there are forty thousand people in that stadium that, having just witnessed their game's record holder and one of the most beloved figures at the club? get sucker punched to the face, do you really expect not one full-blooded male in attendance to remonstrate with him at all? I mean, I'll tell you right now, if you were sitting there in the first row, you'd be the first bloke up there to be remonstrating with him. Yeah. 
So if it's good for the goose, it's good for the gander. And, and one thing's for sure, you are a fucking goose. So just while I was, um, yeah, internet surfing the other night, just out of sheer interest, um, I basically just typed into Google um, greatest sportsman of all time just to see what sort of um, websites and, yeah, and, and, yeah. and um, resources there were out there on these things. Um, yeah. I did like, just, in particular... Just as a, I guess yeah. just as a sidebar for the time being, this is a discussion that we've had for... Probably as long as we've known each other. Yeah, well, as to I, how I you actually remember define um, this. Mickey J, um, myself, you, uh, Luca was there, and I think, and um, Andy Rogers. Yeah. Uh, one night, um, post work drinks, back in the old Cinevate days, having a discussion over a sneaky half dozen pints, and it was on a Thursday actually, so <laughs> same yeah. day as today. But yeah, I remember that then generated an email chain, and I. I believe Mick and I signed off on the final top 10. Yeah. Um, but as I say, yeah, I was more just uh, interested in having a look at what was out there um, in terms of that discussion point. Mm. And I think the one thing that I found quite staggering is just every single, and I don't mean most, I mean every single list or discussion or mention that I read across 20 different sites, every single one of those lists included the name T. Woods. Yeah. Now, as far as I'm concerned, when you've had a sport such as golf with a, you know, a long history of decorated and celebrated players, when you've got an individual of the caliber of Jack Nicholas having already, you know, gone through and and put together one. Arnold Palmer, Gary Gary Player, all those sorts of guys. But Nicholas is the one I'll use in particular, I think. When you've got that um, benchmark for comparison already existing, how, I guess, it's not so much how some people, but how 100% of of all respondents surveyed believe that Tiger Woods warrants inclusion on that list ahead of Nicholas. It's it's just beyond me. I mean, to um, have included him five years ago... Yeah, I was going to say, point, was it dated 2006 no, or even, 2006? Even at that point, he, for me, you could still make the argument he needed to... He needed to break Nicholas's record. He needed Ooh. to show he had that longevity. He needed to just put the cherry on top of that cake. Yeah. A bit like what you would say about perhaps Rafael Nadal right mm. now. Mm. Five years from now, we could all be talking about him as the best of all time. But right now, with blokes like Federer and Leiva still um, having already set that mark, he still has mm. a little bit more work to do. And he's going to have but, to get but, past the second round of Wimbledon. <laughs> well, yeah. But... Yeah, yeah, but 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 Tiger, he's it, it's not even a, a discussion point. He's on every list. Yeah. Now well, I, I just have to take umbrage at this because I think the fact is, the bloke, despite what every single journalist and commentator and and um, you know media outlet would have you believe, the bloke has not even looked like coming close to winning a major in years. I mean, people talk about Federer being in decline. He just made a five-set Wimbledon final. He has at least still been in the mix at the pointy end of all of these tournaments. Tiger Woods, this hasn't been a decline. He's fallen off the face of the earth. 
and uh, he, turns, he, he turns 39 he, in a few months, yeah. so to expect many more wins. I, yeah. Clint Wielden on ABC Radio was saying something like, over the last four years, his combined score on Saturdays and on weekends at major tournaments is something like 39 over. Yep. So, look, I know the guy was on his way to becoming the greatest of all time, and I know you, a lot of people out there obviously rate him, but mm. why is there this complete and utter inability to accept... That he has been shit house for years, and as yeah, far as I'm well, concerned, yeah. there is no place on a list of the greatest sportsmen of all time, let alone just the greatest golfers, but the greatest sportsmen of all time. There is no place on that sort of list for someone who has just gone completely to shit in the last yeah. few years of their career. Uh, well, yeah, he's never been the uh, he's never been the same since England took a, a nine iron, I believe it was, to yeah. his. Uh, to his Escalade, but um, look, semi counter argument. I I can kind of understand why he's there. I think that the, the just let me finish. Yep, I think that the, the 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 key performance benchmarks in terms of literal performance benchmarks. I agree, he's probably fallen short on. I would say the reason why he's on those lists is that he's actually bought something to golf that it perhaps never had before, which is an audience. Mm. So... Just general interest. Yeah, so I think that that halos a lot of the things when it comes to Tiger Woods. Well... In that the, the, I guess, the, the numbers are continually down when he's actually not playing in particular events. Mm. He's bought it, I think that that's... And he's brought interest to it. He's brought money into the sport and all of those things. Yeah. And you can't dismiss that in the scheme of all of these things. But do, do you put a higher weight on that than actual performance? Probably not. But it's mm. something that you actually do have to consider. Oh, absolutely. But I guess my counter-counter to that would be I'm not so much... I wasn't so much staggered by... You know, a, a, a number of people mentioning him. It was more just the fact that it was a non-negotiable inclusion yeah. on each and every single. I mean, there were lists out there which didn't include the name Don Bradman, yeah. but there weren't any lists out there which didn't include the name. Yeah, which Woods. is and that yeah. to me is is just plain wrong. Yeah, and look, it comes down to what you what you look for. One, I mean, mm. one of the things that I always talked about with this is their ability to compete in different sports and. We've, we've had this discussion all the time and I've always thrown Bo Jackson yeah. up to you yeah. and you, you said who and then you admitted after doing some research you could understand why I said that. Mm. You know, all-star in baseball, played in the NFL Pro Bowl, run a fast enough time to qualify for the 100 metres in the Olympics, still holds long jump and triple jump records in the state that he was raised and mm. nearly qualified for the Olympics, I think it was six years ago in archery. Mm. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. <laughs> um, unfortunately, he had a ridiculous hip injury which ruined mm. his career. But the, the but, fact that he was so strong was the reason why he had said yeah. injury in the first place. And look, but, I'll be honest, when it comes yeah. to compiling these sorts of list, lists, I would actually view him more favourably if he had had 15 years of pure dominance within one sport, then rather than having sort of, you know, I guess years of um, strong yeah. performance across a number of different sports. But, yeah, no, I just think that, that the versatility is something that you have to take into account. He's, you know, I mean, it comes down to are we talking about sportsmen or are we talking about athlete? 
<laughs> anyway, yeah. Yeah. yeah, because I, certainly one criteria I would say is domination of your sport has to come into effect. Mm. And yeah, he's clearly not going to test. He's, he's not going to be at the higher end of the scale with regards to his achievements in the sports that he participated in. Mm. But he would have to get marks for being able to be so competitive across a variety of different yeah. sports. I mean, when we talk about that now, the name that I always think of is A.B. de Villiers. Yeah. From all accounts that I've heard, he's, I think he has a scratch handicap in golf. Mm. He essentially would have been good enough to represent South Africa in hockey. Yeah. He's also a very accomplished rugby player. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and plays test cricket for them. Uh, yeah, uh, tremendous cricketer. Yeah. Yeah. And who's, also who's versatile a, a fieldsman and a, a batsman, yeah. so two yeah. facets of and his um, cricket versatile game as well. enough, Versatile enough to wicket keep mm. too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, in in more recent times, he's he's certainly somebody who you you'd throw up there mm. in that. In but I think it, I guess well. that's also now in terms of what I was saying about Bo Jackson, the nature of sport in the modern era is that no one could possibly um, achieve what what yeah, Bo Jackson had achieved exactly because right. it's just it's a it's a non negotiable now. Yeah, it, yeah no, there has right. to be that ex- exclusivity. Yeah, I mean that's rightly a, or wrongly. Yeah, it's it's a. I mean, I mean yeah, just what? ask Elise Perry. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> so, but yeah. Also, if anyone out there does actually have her contact details, if you could possibly pass them on, <laughs> I would. Yeah. Yeah. There, there isn't much in this world I wouldn't trade for, <laughs> for that. So name your price. <laughs> not, not to come off as desperate or anything, but. You're desperate. Yeah. <laughs> no, she's my perfect girl. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Enough said. <laughs> yeah. And there you have it. But, yeah, perhaps that's uh, something we might need yeah, to well, consider for I a future we'll, we'll episode s- or we'll certainly, discussion. We'll, I think we'll certainly flag that. It's something that we've wanted to do for a while is putting forward, mm. I guess, putting either putting forward some criteria that we would use to evaluate people or putting people forward and then specifying the case mm. for that particular case person. Case of the defence. Yeah. And look, you know, the, the, the four for Tiger Woods is literally what I said. He brought an audience, he brought interest to the, to the game itself, which certainly has to, has to count for him. But, yeah, the downside is, is that, and, you know, he had dominance there for a while, mm. but the downside was, A, was his prime long enough, and B, what, oh, no. how, does he, how does he stack up VV or the other people who have... I'm not sure it's about was his prime long enough. I think if he had retired five years ago, then yes, he would almost be a guaranteed starting list. Mm. For me, it's about for how long can you actually continue competing at such a greatly um, reduced um, level before Mm. that starts having to count against you. Perhaps you could call it the uh, Sachin Tendulkar rule. Yeah, all right. There, I've just infuriated yeah. more than a billion people with one sentence. <laughs> Come at me, fanboys. <laughs> <laughs> Can we call the MS Donny rule as well while we're at it? Um, well, no, he never really he didn't, he radicalised. Anyway, so, yes, flagged, duly noted for future podcast. Yeah, we'll get the Bagman to minute it. <laughs> Bagman, if you're listening. Minute that. Yeah. Guten Tag. <laughs>